So we could mash up two different movies that we've looked at this time. Mm-hmm. I could start this podcast by playing Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. and then have Huey Lewis come in and say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you guys are just too darn loud." <laughs> We're Britain's loudest band. You just, you just too darn loud. You guys are just too darn loud. In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Warbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 1985. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. All right, this time we've actually already recorded this episode, but for your benefit, we came back in time and we're going to do it again. That's not true. Um... We've, we've recorded it, but we're coming back to record an alternate version of... I don't know. Anyway, um, our next one is Back to the Future. Came out July 3rd, 1985. Quit laughing. Shut up. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Um, produced by a whole slew of very successful, beautiful people. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, and Steven Spielberg. These people basically rule our childhoods. Uh, written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Music by Alan Silvestri. Uh, the budget was $19 million, and I think they made their cash back. Uh, box office uh, worldwide was a estimated $381 million. So Man! It, it, <laughs> it done okay. Are we surprised? You know. it, it done okay. Wow! Jeez, please, man. All right. Um, Time for and, number four. And probably, there's, there's probably a couple sequels out there, too. Um, so starring Michael J. Fox... Uh, a relative unknown. Um, that's not true either. Marty McFly, he was in Family Ties, Teen Wolf, which we've talked about, and the TV show Spin City. Uh, Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown, uh, who was in the ever-so-classic Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Uh, Commander Krooge, was that his name? Yeah, Krooge. Uh, or Krug. Krug. Was it Krug? Ah, it was yes. Krug. Yeah. Commander Krug, yeah. Um, who Framed Roger Rabbit? Creepiest villain yes. ever. Yes, mm-hmm. scary. Those eyeballs, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean, who can argue that this is absolutely a classic of our childhood? He was also in Suburban Commando. Uh, Leah Thompson as Lorraine. I was frozen today. <laughs> <laughs> Leah Thompson as Lorraine. Uh, she was in Red Dawn, of course. Uh, Howard the Duck in the TV show Caroline in the City. Crispin Glover as George. Uh, he was in People vs. Larry Flint, Hot Tub Time Machine, and all kinds of different movies. Um, Willard, the one with the rats. He was in that one too. Yeah. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson as Biff. He has done a lot of voice work on cartoons, SpongeBob, and a few other movies and TV shows here and there. Uh, Claudia Wells was the original Jennifer, though she would be replaced by Elizabeth Shue in subsequent um, editions of Back to the Future because I believe it was because her mom was diagnosed with cancer. So she was dropping out of the movies for a little while. Uh, Mark McClure was Dave McFly, Marty's brother. Uh, He was Jimmy Olsen in the Superman movies, and he was in Apollo 13, among other things. Uh, Wendy Jo Sperber was Linda McFly. She had an uncredited part in Grease. She was also in Bachelor Party and in Bosom Buddies. And I didn't realize she actually died very young, too. She was, I think, 39, and she died from cancer. Um, 
So that wasn't, I don't think that was that long ago. Uh, James Tolkien as Principal Strickland, uh, who is in Top Gun, Masters of the Universe, and as we all learned from there, nobody takes pot shots at Lubick. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this a 96%, the audience gave it a 94%, and Ebert, that beautiful, beautiful man, gave it a 3.5 out of 4 stars. It's 1985, and Marty's parents, the nerd and the alcoholic, as well as his school, just don't get it. He just wants to rock and roll all night and party every day. That is, until Doc Brown and some Libyans mess up his weekend plans by accidentally catapulting him 30 years into the past and into the amorous affections of his own mother. He's going to need at least 1.21 gigawatts to get out of this mess, and those gigawatts are for the clock tower, not his mother. Some of the background information I have here is Michael J. Fox was choice number one, but his family ties schedule wouldn't allow it. So Eric Stoltz was brought in. You kind of, you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, he was brought in, and everybody kind of agreed pretty quickly that he was not the right part. He was doing a very good dramatic performance of Back to the Future, but that's not exactly what they were looking for. Uh, Bob Gale got the idea for this movie when he was looking through his dad's old yearbook and discovered that his dad was the class president of his high school. And then he thought a little bit further and he said, hmm, well, I'm my class president I never had anything to do with. I wonder if I would have liked my dad. And I know at different points in time I've thought of that too. Like, I look at my students when I would teach students and I'd say, wow, eighth graders can be really annoying. I probably would have hated myself when I was in eighth grade because I was probably I was really annoying too. Like if yeah. I think back, would I have liked myself if I was my teacher? Would I like my eighth grade self? No, probably not, because I remember what I was like in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So, kind of an interesting idea. You know, would you would you get along with your parents if you were to go back in time and meet them? Um, studio executives, I'll let you talk about this a little bit because you originally told me about it. Um, studio executives originally tried to mess with the title. They wanted it to be, they didn't think anything that had the word future in it would do well. Mm -hmm. So they originally wanted to call it something like Spaceman from Pluto. And I'll let you tell the story of how Steven Spielberg handled that. The original first choice for Doc Brown was John Lithgow, uh, but he was unavailable. Uh, Zemeckis almost cut the entire Johnny B. Good sequence because he felt it wasn't advancing the story. Yeah. yeah, Pat has his hands on his head right now. He, he can't believe it, and neither can I. Um, and one thing that I really liked uh, when I read the Roger Ebert review of this was how he compared it to, and I'd never heard this comparison before, but the more I thought about it, the more I agreed with it, he compared Back to the Future to the Frank Capra films and It's a Wonderful Life, and how it had kind of those themes of, you know... Hmm going back in time or getting to see what things would have been like and, and just kind of having that overall vibe uh, about it. So that's what I've got. What have you got? This could be one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. It is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I've heard somebody refer to these type of movies as kryptonite movies. Uh, that you are powerless to change the channel if you have to yeah. go oh, yeah. through the channels yeah. and turn I this on. That. Then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, mm, can't, must, Back can't change. Back and, to the future. And every scene is one of those, oh, I'll just wait till the scene's over. Right. And then I'll go but back to what the, I was doing. Yes. But then it's the oh, it's scene. the Libyans. I have to watch the Libyans. Every scene is memorable mm -hmm. in this movie. There is no, no trim the fat on that one. I mean, it was, yeah. I have to see the Libyans. I have to see him fall out of the tree. I have to see him dress up and say he's Mr. Spock. I have to, you know. I am Darth Vader. That's right, Darth from Vader. From the planet Vulcan. Vulcan. That's what it is. Yeah. My favorite. I know we're not to the we're not to the quotes yet. Oh, but, uh, but there's so many. Just right, but there's go so many. So we're just going to go for it anyway. It, I love the part where it's the next morning, and he <laughs> he comes through, and he, and he's like, 
you know, are you, are you okay? He's like, you, you weren't at school today. He's like, yeah, I, I overslept. He's like, well, well, what happened? He's like, well, last night, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan came down to me, and he said that if I didn't ask Lorraine out to the dance, he was going to melt my brain. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, let's keep the brain melting a little quiet there, George. But yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I, it's one of those where it's really hard to start. But the soundtrack, yeah, it uh, okay, I, I, great I had, use of popular music. I had that on in the car today. Yeah, like with the, the Alan Silvestri score mm-hmm. in the car, and I like had to stop myself from speeding. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like I'm sitting in my car going. When this thing gets up to 88, you're going to see some serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I got a ticket last year, so let's, uh, it's, it's let's pull back a, a little bit. It's such a uh, great mix of the orchestral stuff, like you're saying, that theme that we yeah. all know, you hear it, you know what it's from, and then interspersed with Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis <laughs> who I, I also am a huge fan of, so that helps a little here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just some of those songs, and then you think about it, how many songs that are so movie-driven like back in time, I mean, the characters are mentioned in that song. He performs that song yeah. at every show, and if he doesn't, yeah. people are mad at the right. man. Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's great. It's it, great music. Yeah, I mean the, 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 yeah. the Huey Lewis tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And the Sylvester score is awesome. And mm-hmm. obviously, I think you were mentioning that theme. Yeah. But then also, you know, like the, you know, the the kind of. Mm-hmm. And I'm not singing the right intervals, but that yeah. first little, you know, the, the mysterious one, uh-huh. the big, you know, the big cascading bomb, 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 you know, this big opening, like when something they, huge when they is pan happening. up on the past Hill yeah. Valley before it's built. Yeah. And and you just comes up and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those big, heavy chords that hit you almost like a little bit in Ghostbusters when we talked mm-hmm. about that. that you know where something big, kind of scary, is going to happen. That you get a little bit of that in this score as well. I have a version of this that this is the this is the first version of Power of Love that John Ezra ever heard. Yeah, and I quickly fixed that by playing him the Huey oh, Lewis one. God. But this one's pretty cool. This was a band that started off in Bloomington Normal. Yeah, and I think my sister knew and went to school with, went to college with one of the guys that was in the band. They're called I Fight Dragons. Okay, and their music is they do like video game synthesizer type music. And they do a version of The Power of Love that I, I like how the beginning starts off because it's like an acapella. It's it's the theme music from Back to the Future. Oh, okay, that starts cool. off, I'll play it for you here and we'll see. That's cool. The first time I ever heard that, I right like, on. I had I had downloaded for other songs that I had heard. You know, my sister had told me about these guys, so I think their first album was free online. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded it, and then I would go to listen to this song, and I'm like, I love the way they're beginning this thing. Yeah, just that open because that totally gets stuck in my head. All the that's time. really cool. Yeah, and it's funny because you know what else Huey Lewis does at most of his concerts. 
is he still does routinely a little acapella section yeah. at the end of the first set. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. But no, I, and this, again, like just everything you've said, it's, it's, there is no fluff in this movie. I mean, even it's, when he's, even when he's hitching a ride on the skateboard, uh-huh. on the bumpers of the cars is cool. I mean, yeah. even that's not junk, and that's a <laughs> John, traveling scene. John Asper yeah. was, was like, Dad, can I get a skateboard? No. Yeah, right. No. no. We, were at the, we were at the Goodwill store a few days ago. He spots a skateboard for 99 cents. He's like, Dad, I got enough money to get it myself. Mm-mm. No, you nope. don't. Nope. Not, not, not I know dad tax. Because yeah, I know what you're about to do. <laughs> then his next question was, is that illegal to grab onto the back of cars like that? I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Don't even think about it. Well, in the... Um, so last week I got the trilogy from the library nice. and I watched the I think you talked to me I think I had not I literally didn't sleep for 48 hours because I literally was watching Back to the Future straight like through the night like I watched all three then I went back and watched them with commentary then I watched the featurette and then I had then the kids all woke up and we had our and interview. that as many times as I've seen these movies DVD Netflix whatever I did finally get that trilogy I think mm-hmm. for Christmas last year and I still haven't sat down and gone through the commentaries. You know, I gotta do it. Yeah, it's 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 really it's it's pretty cool. And and the coolest thing is when they have all the deleted scenes. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's a couple of deleted scenes that are like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and there were some that I saw, and I'm like, well, why did you cut well, that out? That's really good. And it's funny because they talk about that, and it's literally like no wasted scene or no. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay, well, here's a scene, and they refer to it as a showstopper. It doesn't advance the story. Mm-hmm. It's funny, but we've got funny, and it slows things down. And we kind of gave this information somewhere else, and so we, right. we, we don't need it a second time. Right, and it was like, oh. You know George McFly is clumsy. We don't have to show you another time yeah. when he gets locked in a phone booth. Or Well, it's, it's like in a past episode we discussed Brazil and how they had to show us seven or eight times that he's right. a flunky right. in a government job. Right. We got it. No, you don't. We got it. <laughs> we got it the first yeah. time. Yeah. Maybe the second time. But we got it, and that, and they don't, they don't need it, and he knows it, and that's what makes him a flipping genius. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, the the movie just cruises, and the other thing, and when it end, and the, we're gonna bounce around this movie a hundred yeah. times, but you were saying you watched the trilogy. When you're sitting there and you watch the first one and it ends and they fly off in that car, what is the first thing you want to do? Yeah. You want to put it in the second one right. you want to see the right. car. Mm-hmm. Which, interestingly enough, the whole flying car and the girlfriend being in the car, they never planned in their wildest dreams to do a sequel. No. That came out. and that in the in, I'm ruining your DVD. No, no that's fine. Sorry. But they said, yeah, we put the flying car in there, which is like, that, that was supposed to just Why be not? a joke for the audience. And and then it was Well, like, then they made $300 million. Right. And, and then said, it was, well, oh, man. Time to do something else. And what I love about this movie is that you can watch it with kids and you can watch it with it. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's very that's, approachable. That's, it doesn't have anything you're afraid of them mm-hmm. to see. And it's a big old, you know, thumb in the eye or whatever you want to say of, you know, what did we talk about? Conan and the Destroyer. Oh, they were trying to bring in the little kids. You know, there's this other movie. Oh, they're trying to make it more intense to, um, you know, um, you know, appeal to the older kids. Uh, one of our reoccurring themes is you know, can you can you take R-rated movies and edit enough out so that you can put it on television? And here's the movie that comes along, and it's just it's 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 perfect. I mean, it's just it is it is it is perfectly put together for for everybody. And it's funny because the studios originally they couldn't find a studio because uh, it wasn't edgy enough. They wanted something oh, that was going to be more Animal yeah. House and more edgy, and so they went to Disney. 
because all the other studios wanted, and Disney came along and said, nope, it's too edgy, it's yeah. too over the top for Dis- us. Disney's like, mm, we can't have a family movie where your mom falls in love with you. Right? Yeah. That doesn't fit the Disney That movie. is the one theme that is slightly dangerous, <clears throat> but I feel like they handle it so well. Like, mm-hmm. it's a crazy... Um, it's awkward until you get to the line, when I'm kissing you, it's like I'm kissing my brother. And yeah. then at that point, it's like, okay, dealt with, good. We're, right. That's taken yeah. care of. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's awkward. It's not, like, creepy weird, mm-hmm. you know? I I did I pulled this up earlier to look at it, and I just want to read some of them. There's a, a web page, um, the Back to the Future wiki, and they have a page called The Recurring Gags Throughout the Trilogy, which I love all the time that they repeat all this stuff. Um Part one, there's Lou's Cafe of 1955, and Biff tells George McFly, Hey, McFly, I thought you, I told you never to come in here. Part two, same place as the Cafe 80s. Biff's grandson, Griff, says to Marty Jr., Hey, McFly, I thought I told you to stay in here. Part three, it's the Palace Saloon, where Buford Tannen comes in and says, Hey, McFly, I thought I done told you to never come in here. So repeating those lines all over again. Uh, they said that there's always... That he always goes into the cafe, saloon, whatever, and he orders a drink, whether it's the, uh, what was it, the coffee, the Pepsi, and the whiskey, mm-hmm. but he never drinks any of it yeah. in any of the movies. Well, um, I think he orders a water, and then they push him through the whiskey. Then they give him the whiskey, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> then they have the uh, one of the car dealerships in Hill Valley. In uh, 1985, it's called Statler Toyota. In 1955, it's Statler Studebaker. Um, in 2015, it's a Pontiac dealership. They don't say Statler on it. But then when you go back to part three, it's a horse and buggy business named Honest Joe Statler. Nice. So like the, you see that That's progression cool. through all the different movies. Cool. Um, you know, they always. By the way, the thing if we're talking about the other movies, mm-hmm. we have to mention the Cubs and the Marlins. Yeah. In the World Series. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's this year. That's right. Well, see, that's that's the thing. It's 2015, so this all has to happen. And this is it's going down. We had a lot of work to do. Yeah, I did. That's why I didn't want to get John a skateboard because I figured we'll just save up for the hoverboard yeah. and we'll just go straight to that. Well, and supposing you, and this comes up again in the the thing, but with the studios and, and what's accepted, and, and the studios didn't um, weren't accepting it, and and then they and I got a little kind of information overload, so some of the stories are running together, but supposedly Spielberg came on board, they were putting this thing out there, they were, it was going, and then I guess the studio president, or the studio exec, or whatever, wrote this long letter to them, and said, hey, you know, we're gonna, we need to call the movie, and it was Marty from Space, or mm-hmm. something. Like Spaceman from Pluto, or Space something Man like from Pluto, or something, and he want, and it wasn't like a whole list of changes, I think mm-hmm. it was, he just wanted to, to, um, Changed the title in a couple little pieces, and they were all sitting around like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to completely ruin the movie. How are we going to handle this?" And supposedly Spielberg had, I got "Don't it. worry, I got it." And he wrote a, a memo back or a letter back that just said, "Hey, got your joke. That was really funny. All of us had a real good laugh down here at that. You know how crazy would that? You know, we're real funny picking the absolute worst title you could possibly imagine for this movie. And yeah, nice, nice, good joke. Ha ha ha. You know, wrote it from that angle." And sent it back to him, and supposedly the exec was so embarrassed because he had been serious about it that n- it was right. never spoken of again. And so that's what kind of Spielberg stepped yeah. in and, that's and awesome. handled that. So they could have called to Darth Vader from the planet. Right. Yeah. At least that would have had more relevance. Right. Yeah. It was. Um, <laughs> or hey, stick around to see our flying car. Right. Yeah. Which is funny, that whole thing about Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan, and he would have no idea in 1955 who mm-hmm. Darth Vader or Vulcan is. 
it always reminds me of the other time travel show that I love, Quantum Leap, mm-hmm. and where there's the episode and he's he the oh, was it a little girl or a little boy? She wants a bedtime story, and he's trying to come up with a bedtime story, and she's like, no, no just no, I did one I haven't heard before, and he's like, okay, um, all right, well here's one. Rebel fighters striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the and and this little kid is like oh cool yeah but he's telling the story of Star Wars before Star Wars ever came out yeah and that always makes me think of the I am Darth Vader from, from the planet Vulcan. Vulcan yeah well and I remember seeing this movie as a kid and you know I can't the one thing is that the beginning not weirded me out not freaked me out but put me a little on edge all those clocks going. Oh, yeah. It was kind of a mysterious beginning. Mm-hmm. That, and then, uh, I mean, the amplifier, which is... Just <laughs> that's fantastic. Like, it's, it's like a music guy's <laughs> dream. I think that one goes to 12. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think it did once. Um, right. But then the music teams in with that, too. Whatever you do, don't play the amplifier. There might be a chance of overload. Okay, gotcha. Next time. But the scene where the, the head is disappearing, and Doc Brown goes, yeah. erased from existence that still gives me goosebumps and as a little kid like I remember not like I'm not freaked out I'm not scared but I want to pull the blanket around me just a little bit more because this is like took you a second why oh oh that's scary and and as a kid yeah that's the part that freaked me out was like he could not exist anymore yeah like if he doesn't fix this he's gone and and it's it's all working together the music the acting the writing the idea it was yeah yeah well, so we said that the, like every line in this is quotable. Do you have some favorites? I mean, that's hard to narrow it down. But God, there's so many. I do like that every time he's like, "Oh, this is so heavy," and he's like, "What is this?" There's that word "heavy" again. Is there something wrong with the Earth's magnet? And I just love all the stuff from 1955, Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What am I wearing there?" He's like, "Oh, it's a radiation suit." Of course, from the nuclear wars. Yes, yes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then when he asked him, it's like, okay, well, if you're from the future, who's your president? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? Yeah. Well, who's your vice president? Jerry Lewis? Right. Supposedly, <laughs> they were worried. Reagan thought that whole thing was funny. I heard, yeah. that, I heard that when he watched it for the first time, he actually called up to the projection booth and said, rewind it. Yeah. Which you can't really rewind yeah. a projector, yeah. but I'm, he's like, I, rewind it. Do that again. I really, I would encourage every like, And find me Jerry Lewis. <laughs> watch, watch the documentaries and how they made this movie. And not only so much. Bush, you're out. The, 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 and the ladies. so much. Much of the of the little okay, well, this happened in the backstage, but just how they put together the look of the movie. And in last week or forward in time or whatever, when we talked about Terminator, the discussion was, you know, we need to get back to it. We being, haven't talked about Terminator yet. That's right. We've when we talk about Terminator, through, yeah. When we talk, you'll hear the episode say, will be released before this one. But it happens after. But it happened in the past, and we recorded it okay. in the future, and then it. Yeah. Sort of like, sort sort of like this is episode four to the okay, whatever. Right. But in it's that we were talking in, about it's the somewhere way the in, movie the, in was, the in the ducts of the Ministry of Information. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we we talked about how do we character? Okay, well it's a horror movie, and this one became an action movie. But then we had the look of a horror, and this was a horror scene. Blah 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 blah. When these guys go through and talk about the way they 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 come up with the concept of this movie. And it's really like the thought that they put into it that, okay, well, first we wanted a time travel movie, but it was just we were traveling through time, not space. 
Okay, so we were doing that. And then we wanted it to be this, but no, we needed there to be a car. And then they had a whole reason that it, there was going to be a vehicle. Do you remember the original idea a, for it? A, a, a refrigerator. Yeah, which, the, which they reused in Indiana Jones. That's right. That's with the with the explode the nuclear explosion nuclear in Nevada explosion. with the refrigerator. Yeah, that was originally going to be the time machine, and Spielberg was like, mm, "I don't want kids climbing into refrigerators." That's right. And, and you so know they what? Changed it they to did, the, and they wanted it to be more mobile anyway. They and they did right, and they also they wanted it to be like a nuclear explosion, not lightning. Yeah. So all those things. But the way they talked about the concept of this movie, and they said, and at one point they even say in there, "This movie, we don't see this as." Uh, uh, like a time travel movie only it's more of a nostalgia movie mm-hmm. but yeah. time travel is the vehicle that gets you to the it's, right. but then it's all and it almost it was like we when we talked to gremlins we way back we talked about gremlins being hard to define the movie mm-hmm. now this one's pretty easy to define but i think it's so good because of the thought they put into it and how many different yeah. angles how they made this movie work so can't go into it here, but check out the DVDs and see the documentary yeah. that they, the making of because they really put a lot into Where it. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? <laughs> the way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine out of a car, why not do it with some style? Yeah. And wasn't there a comment about the construction of the DeLorean too? Yeah, something about the metal construction. The aluminum, of it. Yeah. 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 Libya. <laughs> yeah. Libya. I may have liberated the plutonium. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me this sucker's nuclear? No, 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 no. This sucker's electrical. You know, <laughs> the plutonium. <it's> a, <laughs> that's well, and, and that's another. That's another. Almost like a recurring gag within the same movie is he asks him. He's like, "Did you? Where did you get plutonium? You can't just go to the store and get plutonium. Did you steal it?" And then when you go back to 1955, Doc's first comment is, when, when, when Marty's like, well, we just need some plutonium. And Doc's first comment is, well, they may sell plutonium in every corner store in 1985. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, okay, here's going to be the, the music nerd, but I mean, that whole Johnny B. Good scene I, that you mentioned he was going to cut out. Hey, How, Chuck! Yeah, this is your cousin! It's your cousin! Marvin Barry? Barry? Yeah. <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that whole thing is cool. Yeah. But then when he's doing the guitar, and they were talking about that, um, uh, Michael J. Fox played guitar in rock bands and stuff, mm-hmm. and and so he actually took lessons to kind of so that he could actually look like he knew what he was doing with the guitar. His guitar teacher was the guy with the long blonde hair in the band, the tryout band, the, mm-hmm. the Pinheads. Yeah. That was his guitar teacher. They gave oh, him nice. the cameo. Nice. But they said like everything, like the different musical things they put in the solo, and just the different things that he was doing, like laying on his back and jumping off the amps. It was like a little bit of ACDC, a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Okay, now I'm kidding. Jimi Hendrix. Mm. Okay, a little bit of the Who, and so they really uh, so much thought was put into all those different. Guess you guys aren't ready for that, <laughs> but your kids, kids are gonna, gonna love it. Love it. <laughs> the the comment, the line that John liked because, and I had totally forgotten that John's eight, and I had totally forgotten that the age is eight years old when he's about to leave, and his mom Lorraine goes, "Marty, that was really interesting music," and, and he's about to walk away. And she's like, are we ever going to see you again? He's like, I guarantee it. And then he starts to go down the stairs, and then he's like, by the way, if you guys ever have kids, and your eight-year-old accidentally sets fire to the living room carpet, go easy on him. (laughs) And John's sitting there like, 
I'm eight. <laughs> I'm like, you know. Don't bitch. you even think you don't about get, it. You don't get matches or a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. You go to your room. <laughs> You're never watching part two. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. then he's going to want a sports almanac. I know. Yeah. I told him about that, too. I'm like, yeah, in part two, there's this whole thing with a sports book. He's like, oh, I want to make money, too. I'm like, okay, well, that's not the point of the movie. but yeah. hmm. Which, they, it's funny, because they even talk about the future and why they made the future that way. Not cartoonish, yeah. but... Because mm-hmm. they said they had to go that route because if they were all all they wanted Hollywood and all that mm-hmm. really they wanted a future if it was dystopian mm-hmm. post nuclear apocalyptic and all so they wanted to go to a future that was right. that, that built something that was happy but this is but this is a future this is a future of what if the eighties had never ended right and here we are right. which is hilarious because not only do you have the cafe eighties. And everything else looks very 80s, but here we are in 2015, and what are the movies and what are the stuff that we have out now? Yeah. We've got superheroes, we've got Transformers, we've got G.I. Yeah. Joe, we, I, I heard they're making a He-Man movie, yeah. they're like, Hopkins My Little Pony is back. Are back. High-waisted mm-hmm. pants and shorts yeah. are back. So basically we have all that except for the hover conversion. And the, mm-hmm. The one thing, I, I meant to go back and look this up, but I didn't have time to, or, or, or may have forgotten to do it, is the bum that's in the town that, you know, when he always, like, mm-hmm. he wakes him up, you know, crazy drunk driver. And yeah. Is that not at the very beginning of the movie, when the car is going around announcing who's running for mayor? Mm-hmm. Isn't that who's running for mayor? I'm trying to remember which time frame, because at one the, point the, it's in Jackie 19, Wilson. In, in 1955. Yeah, in 1955. The bum in 85 is the mayor from 55? No, no, no. Right, right, right. In, in 1955, isn't it? Isn't his name Red something? Yeah. When the car is going around with yeah. the speaker on top? Yeah. And then you get to 1985, and doesn't he, I don't know if it's in this movie, doesn't he see him? He looks at him on the bench, and he goes, oh, Red, mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so glad to see you. Huh. And then he looks at the clock, and I'm, I was trying to figure out if that's... I'm going to have to, well, I'm going to have to pay attention to that. Yeah. If the bum, if the bum on the bench in 1985 is the, the mayor, mayor from, from 1955, you might be right. So I, that was the first. I kind of because in 85 they're trying to elect Jackie Wilson. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Goldie Wilson. Goldie Wilson. Yeah. Right. Jackie Wilson mayor. might be the next one. <laughs> yeah. I like the sound of that because it's another Wilson in 2015. Yeah. yeah. It's like Maybe is it Goldie Wilson the third yeah. or something? something like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's the salesman, the hover conversion. Yeah, he's the yeah. Hover only conversion. for nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine, ninety nine. Yeah, the um, I want there to be a cafe eighties. Yeah, no kid. I love the the kids Pepsi with the, free. I love <laughs> you want a Pepsi, you got to pay for it. Um, I love the kids that plug in the video game. Yeah, and he's like, I used to be pretty good. And one of them's a little Elijah Wood. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he walks up. I used to be pretty good at this. He picks up the gun. <laughs> Fires it all off, crack shot, awesome, and he's there smiling. The kids go, "You got to use your hands. That's like a baby's toy." Yeah, that's funny. That is definitely funny. Well, it, uh, um, the hoverboards are cool. You know, oh, that's, yeah. that's the video calling at the house. The, yeah. the facts in the, the closet. The, the facts in every room. Yeah, right. the cafe. Well, they have the they have the shoes now. Yeah, the self-lacing shoes. They right. made some of those. Like it was a limited run, and it was for promotional purposes, and you had to pay a lot of money for it or yeah. give it to charity or something. But they made. I think Nike made some self-lacing shoes. That's Nike. Max. I'm sorry, Nike. Max Hedrum. Yes. Yes. The, the '80s, the mm-hmm. cafe '80s, the Max Hedrum thing. What? Was pretty what? Good. What would you like? <laughs> yeah. We have a f- f- fajita pita and a. <laughs> yeah. 
And then everybody's on the uh, exercise bikes yeah. <laughs> while they're eating in the cafe. <laughs> Which is because it was a cafe in the 50s. In the 80s, wasn't it like the Jazzercise Club? It was. Yeah. And then you get to 2015, and it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. It's a cafe and an exercise club. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, going with the sequels, but it's just so much. Yeah, it, it's just it's just really an outstanding movie. I mean, that's one point twenty one gigawatt. <laughs> like you can't convey on a podcast, but Christopher Lloyd's the hexa gigawatt. Right, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd's expressions. Right, one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> and he starts running off. Yeah. How can I be so reckless? <laughs> exactly, the yeah. hexa gigawatt. Well, it's just it's just it's just the perfect combination of writing, carefully crafted movie, the actors take it over the top. Whoa, this is it. This is the part coming up, Doc. No, 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 no. This sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. What did I just say? The flux capacitor stores. <laughs> this sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! Great Scott! I think this might be in the second one also now, but the briefcase of money from different period, time yeah. periods. Yeah. That's pretty slick. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, It was definitely... I read an interesting thing recently. Maybe you told me about it. I can't remember. Where there's a theory, the way it ends, with the way number three ends, or is it the way two, with the hoverboard, mm-hmm. and the... And the that Doc Brown must have traveled back in time to come rescue Marty from Biff, because otherwise, how would it be in the perfect place for him to jump onto the? Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So hmm. I'll have to find that. I, I swear. That it was, yeah, it was. It was an interesting one of those like interesting take. Oh, yeah. Okay. And why couldn't he have? Right. Why couldn't he have just? Well, and then of course, mm-hmm. after three, you have the cartoon. Right. That's the, right. The cartoon I was fun. Forgot about that. Yeah. I think that first time Marty realizes... First time Marty realizes that it's his mom. Mm-hmm. And he sort of just has that moment. Horrible nightmare. Dream that I went back in time. It was terrible. Well, safe and sound now. Back in good old 1955. 1955? You're my mom. You're my mom. My name is Lorraine. Lorraine Bates? Yeah. But you're, uh, you're so, uh, you're so thin. I hesitate to say it like this, but anything with Biff, mm-hmm. whether it's the make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, or, can't get the line right. right. Yeah, for three straight. I mean, come right. on. Yeah. You <laughs> would think something would have changed in the timeline where he'd get the line. Screen door on a battleship. It, right. Yeah. It's a red turn. The manure. Yeah. Hey, I'm talking to you, McFly. You Irish bug. Oh, hey, Biff. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, you got my homework finished, McFly? Uh, well, actually, I figured since it wasn't due till Monday. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Anybody home? Hey, think, McFly. Think. I gotta have time to recopy it. You realize what would happen if I hand in my homework and your handwriting? I'll get kicked out of school. 
You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? Would you? Well, now, of course not. No, I wouldn't no. want that to happen. So what are you looking at, butthead? And this first one, and you know, the second, the sequels are great movies, but you go back and then watch this and you realize that this this was something special. Yeah. And it was his dad standing up for himself. Yeah. I mean, it was... Well, and that's, and to see those little changes, in the second movie, they do a much bigger change with, you know, this is the new 1985. Yeah. It's the, you know, skewed right. off into the alternate timeline. But you go back in this one, and it's already a skewed off 1985 because right, you George get back, is successful and George is success, but even L- before that Lorraine's you get, not an alcoholic you get back and instead of being the Twin Pines Mall it's the one it's the Lone Pine Mall right because he crashed into, he one, crashed into one pine that crazy He's the writer Mr. Peabody's <laughs> Mr. Peabody's uh, crazy idea of, mm-hmm. of breeding pine trees my my dad he's laid out Biff in one shot he's never stood up Biff never never why but, Never mind. No, no, <laughs> the one second where they worry about a paradox, and then they're like, "Eh, it's like nah, we're done." <laughs> but what about all that stuff? In, <coughs> excuse me. Bless what you. about all that stuff about changing the field? Ah, I just figured, what that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, Marty's got a brand new truck, and he's right. going driving to the lake after all. Yeah, this worked out pretty well. Oh, and, oh, let's not forget Biff's doing the wax job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Marty. Hey, 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 Marty. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly, uh, one of the things I guess Eric Stoltz was roughing up Biff when they were doing his scenes before they brought in Michael J. Fox, and I guess it got I guess Robert Zemeckis or one of them said is kind of get in the middle and look, you guys need to calm down because he was like he was starting to when they got into the fight in the cafeteria, he Eric Stoltz started riffing up, ripping up, ah. roughing up the the Biff whoever the yeah. actor was with yeah. that. But was it Tom Wilson, I think was his name. Sounds right. And apparently, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, like he's a really nice guy and. He said, "Yeah, I, I don't I don't have any frame of like that's not me as a person. I still have people. I've read some interviews where he's like, yeah, I still have people come up to me and they think I'm really this really horrible person, this bully. He's like, I just channeled all the times I was bullied as a kid, and that's yeah. how I played Biff. Yeah. But otherwise, every everything I've ever read is like he's this super nice guy that would never be like that yeah. in real life if you met him. Yeah, make like a tree yeah. and get out of here. Yeah, think McFly, think." Yeah. Yeah. Hello, McFly. McFly. Is anybody in there? Think, McFly. Yeah. If I handed in my reports and your handwriting, or my homework and your handwriting, yeah. I don't know. Callback. Well mm-hmm. done. <laughs> Different timelines. Well, do we have anything else we want to say about Back to the Future? If we can't think of anything now, we'll just go back in time and before then, this episode was released, and we can add it, add it back if we want to. Whispering our own or, ear, and the, sure. yeah, I'm not even yeah. going there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just Darth I, Vader from the planet Vulcan came down and told me that if I don't re-record parts of this podcast, he's going to melt my brain. Let's just keep the brain <laughs> melting quiet. Do you think I should swear? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love how he swears. He's like yeah. yes. George Swear. The and you said it best. There's just so much you could say, and that's the yes. hard part about doing movies that you could run through and just from beginning to end quote this it entire is, movie. And I, I mean, I, I, boy, I use superlatives way too much, but I think it's it's literally the perfect movie. I mean, yeah. I don't, I. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is yeah. just a fantastic movie. All right, so if for some reason you've never seen Back to the Future, we just ruined it for you, but go out and see it. Um, first of all, if you haven't seen Back to the yeah, Future, what's wrong with you? Problem. First of all, what's wrong with you? Yeah, or your parents, if you're old enough to want to listen mm. to this podcast and still haven't seen it. Make like a tree and get out of here <laughs> and go see the movie. All right? All right. 
So that is going to be it for our Back to the Future episode. Um, our next four episodes coming up over the course of the next month after this one will be as follows. Karate Kid, not necessarily in this order. Uh, the Karate Kid, Rocky IV, which I will argue is one of the best Rocky movies. Um, Beverly Hills Cop and Clue. So we've got those coming up in the next four episodes or so. Um, in the meantime... If you would like to get in touch with us, we do have the voicemail line. If you want to leave some comments or feedback for us, um, or if you just you know have a message that you would like to send to Pat because he said something that you didn't like on the podcast, or if you'd like to replace Bo on the podcast, let us know. Um, you know, <laughs> stuff happens from time to time. So our voicemail line is eight seven two three five movie. That's eight seven two three five six six eight four three. Uh, we are also on Twitter, at 30podcast. We are on Facebook, 30podcast.facebook.com, so you can hit us up on the face. And we have a crowdfunding page, the30podcast.podbean.com, and click on the Be My Patron link. Um, and we greatly appreciate all your support. We've had a lot of people downloading and listening from countries all across the world, uh, and within the United States as well. So we love that support, but if you would like to also support us in that other way, you can head over to that crowdfunding page and click on that link. Um, until next time, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And thank you for joining us, too. And at this point, we are going to hop in our DeLorean, and I guess it doesn't really matter that we don't have enough road, because where we're, we're going, going, we don't, we don't need, need roads. roads. See you next time. <laughs>